On Saturday the 8th of June, the Artsmitten team visited Oz Comic Con at the Melbourne Exhibition and Convention Centre. Two of us had been to the convention previously, but for the other two, it was a first-time experience. We decided to record our adventures in a podcast we're calling Artsmitten Does Oz Comic Con. This is Tom Parry here for Art Smitten, and I am at Oz Comic Con with Tom Denham, Marcy, and Viv. How are we all, guys? We're doing fantastic. We're having an absolutely dandy time here, and the Comic Con vibe is absolutely pinning. There's a plethora of people <laughs> in costume, which is amazing to see. There's lots of guests here. We've just been to an awesome panel for Shadowhunters, and the vibe is absolutely pinging. Yes, as Tom said, we just did go to a panel for Shadowhunters in which we saw the two leads, Alberto Rosende and Dominic Sherwood. Viv, what did you make of the panel event? I really liked the panel. So I went to Catherine McNamara's panel. She's Clary on Shadowhunters. That was last year. And I really enjoyed her panel. But this panel had, <laughs> I mean, I'm not being mean or anything, but this panel had a lot more energy and it was really fun. Like we were laughing a lot and yeah, we enjoyed ourselves as much as the actors did. And Dominic and Alberto said that they were actually really good friends in real life. And that showed because they had this great... What's the word I'm looking for here? Synergy. Synergy, synergy. yes. This great synergy, this great camaraderie. Yeah, a really good rapport with each other. I went to a group panel last year and the friendship definitely makes or breaks a panel. There's also a bit of a cheeky kind of brother-like nature that they had between the two of them. And I think being the first panel of the day really has set the tone for the rest of the weekend. And I think it's made everybody as an audience and as participants of Comic-Con feel very open, warm and welcome. Absolutely. And they've set the standard very high. I mean, Dominic was really funny. Alberto looks so relaxed, so eager to be there. I mean, that's really the kind of attitude that is what makes a comic convention special, Marcy. Indeed. Like, it's my very first Comic-Con, so, like... Mine too! Oh, cool! And, like, I'm cosplaying as myself with my best jumper. Yeah, what better character to play than yourself, really? Now, Viv, as you mentioned, you were at uh, Comic-Con last year. I know it's very early in the morning, but how does your experience compare to last year? So, last year I went to a lot more panels... And I also hosted my own panel for Sin, representing Artsmitten. I think this year I found the atmosphere a lot more relaxed. Maybe that was because I was stressing about the Sin panel. But yeah, so far I've enjoyed myself just as much as last year. And yeah, I can't wait to see other panels and go around and take a look at the show floor. Now, Tom Denham, you are no stranger to conventions. How many have you been to in your lifetime? Uh, one day I, I got an epiphany. Uh, to uh, go see a convention or go to attend a convention back at the mere age of 16 or 17 maybe and I've always been an avid fan of Doctor Who and things like Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter and I thought what better place to go to than Armageddon so I went to Armageddon and you meet people that you look up to for so long I was saying to you Tom before that it's, it's such a surreal and bizarre feeling when you meet these people for the first time you kind of have to pinch yourself but I've kind of gotten to this stage in my life when you think 
think that they've met so many of the same people who are in awe of them for so long and it's a really great opportunity to say thank you to these awesome guests who come out from across the world and yeah it gives an awesome opportunity for kids and adults alike to really come and appreciate the characters that they love in tv shows and films Absolutely. We should mention as well, Marcy and Viv are dressed in very smart casual. I've got a black tie over a white Nintendo t-shirt, whereas Tom Denham has gone all out and dressed as a, I think it's a... Willy Wonka. Yes, a Willy Wonka steampunk variation <laughs> by the looks of it. <laughs> I woke up this morning in these uh, strange clothes and I thought, well, this is what I'm wearing for the day. I'm going to be Willy Wonka. And it was quite funny. I was watching the Tim Burton Johnny Depp Willy Wonka last night and, and I have this weird love obsession with this movie. I love Gene Wilder and Mel Stewart's um, original film, but I feel like there's so much uh, missing potential from the 2005 adaptation, and today I plan to give that a little bit of an extra kick. One of the things you'll notice at Oz Comic Con is the amount of people dressing up in costumes, or as it's referred to here, cosplay. Going through the door, we saw some absolutely amazing costumes. I saw a couple of Jokers from the upcoming movie starring Joaquin Phoenix. We saw a tiny Loki. We've seen Black Panthers, Spider-Men, Spider-Women. It's been absolutely extraordinary. Marcy, have you had a favourite that you've seen so far? Oh, there's too many to count. I saw a lot of Dark Knight ones, and I thought they were pretty cool. Yes, lots of Batmans. Batman is the collective term. Uh, I'm sorry, yes, Batman is the plural. And I also saw someone dressed up as Star-Lord from Guardians of the Galaxy. We've seen a couple of Stormtroopers so far. Viv, are there any cosplayers which have stood out to you? So I saw two people dressed up as Bucky Barnes, or the Winter Soldier, and Black Widow from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And as we came out of the Alberto Rosende and Dominic Sherwood panel, I also saw someone dressed up as... I forgot the character's name from Aquaman. It's the um, redhead. Yes, I know exactly the one you mean. Mira. Mira, yeah. yeah. There we go. And speaking of Shadowhunters, we saw a lot of people in that discussion there who were dressed as characters from the show. They had tank tops on. They had the tattoos on their arms. Really cool stuff. It's really awesome to see how much dedication people have for these properties and them expressing that love through cosplay. Another interesting cosplay I saw, two of them actually, there were two separate women dressed as the Scarlet Witch from the Marvel comics. One was dressed in her original outfits and the other was dressed in her look from the recent Avengers movies, which I thought was interesting. I also saw a Marty McFly as well, Back to the Future, one of my favourite movies, so that delighted me to no end. Tom Denham, have there been any cosplayers who you've really been fascinated by? I think one very simple one which really catches your eye straight away is Rick from Rick and Morty. It's such a iconic look and I saw it and I thought yeah they've done that justice it's a very minimalist costume but at the same time it catches a lot of attention Absolutely. And fun fact, Rick and Morty takes inspiration from Back to the Future. It does, it does. It's a little bit of a hybrid of lots of things like Back to the Future and a little bit of Doctor Who. It borrows a lot of things. But yeah, it's a very enjoyable show looking very much to season four. That's am I too. And no doubt we'll see more interesting cosplayers as the day progresses. I'm Viv Mitchich and I'm here with... Uh, my name's Sam. Uh, Sam is a cosplayer and she's dressed up today as Anna from Frozen. Yes. 
So, can you tell me a little bit about why you decided to dress up as Anna? Yeah, I dressed up as Princess Anna because I love the movie Frozen. I identified with both of the sisters and decided that Anna was the fun one, so <laughs> that's why I'm here today. So, what do you think is the relationship between Elsa and Anna? I love that they kind of complement each other, is that where Anna needs to be a little bit more serious, Elsa needs to, I'm not going to say the words, but Elsa needs to chill and Elsa needs to let it go. (laughs) I said it. And I love that they complement each other and by the end of the movie they realise that they complement each other. Yeah, they do. With you, you've got Olaf. Although he's not one of the sisters, he does sort of become part of their family. Mm-hmm. What made you decide to bring Olaf along with you? Actually, it's mainly because I'm quite tall and kids want to see Princess Anna but get terrified. So Olaf's a really good icebreaker. I can like hand Olaf to a kid and I'm like, look, you can squish him, you can push him up against your face. Like, it doesn't matter. Olaf is not scary. So he's like the icebreaker. Speaking of icebreakers, um, have you seen any Kristoffs around? I haven't. Anna's been a free agent and it's kind of nice. Um, no, yeah, no Kristoffs around. Couldn't find somewhere to park your sled. <laughs> yeah. When did you first watch Frozen and what did you think of it when you first saw it? Uh, the first time I watched Frozen was the first day it was out, Boxing Day. Mm, 2013. 2013. Thank you. Yeah. I watched it in the morning, cried, came home, made mum go out and buy a ticket and watched it again that night. <laughs> I'm like, I've always grown up on Disney, but Frozen was like a big one for me. Yeah, it's one of those movies that definitely has changed Disney, I think. At Oz Comic Con, what has been like the best part about cosplaying today? Best part about cosplaying, I've been doing it for a while now, so a lot of the time I come to the con to like meet up with friends that I don't get to see usually, and usually find some like incredibly amazing costume that's just taken someone three years to make, and you just stand there and like die a little bit inside, like to see like some of the work that people put into something that is like completely out of their own money and they're not getting paid to do it is just insane. Yeah. Did you make your own dress or? No, I didn't. I can't take credit for this one. This was bought online. A lot of research, but yeah, no, someone else. Did definitely made this. I styled the wig, so I can take credit for Your wig's very beautiful. Thank you. So finally, I just want to wrap up by asking you if you've been to Oz Comic Con before and what you think of the vibe this year. I was at the first Oz Comic Con in 2012, which to anyone who was there that year, it was a little bit terrifying. But this year, it is kind of quieter, but definitely more organized. Like, there's amazing guests and the panels are great and they kind of make allowances for cosplayers now, which is nice. All the aisles are a little bit wider. Like, it's good. I really like it this year. It's very chill. There's not a huge amount of, like, mob panic. Yeah, I agree. I went last year and there was a lot more people and it felt a bit disorganized, but yeah, this year's great. So yeah, thank you for speaking with us. Not a problem. We're down here on the floor at Oz Comic Con and one of the amazing things is that each fandom here is represented in such an awesome way and one of those is the Doctor Who Fan Club of Victoria and we have the President, Philip, here today. Philip, how are you? Yeah, good. How's the day and the weekend been treating you? Yeah, it's been going well. Uh, it's been very busy uh, here at Oz Comic Con for the Doctor Who Club Victoria. Fezzes are selling out. That's awesome. I guess one of my questions, outside of the convention circuit, how does the Doctor Who fan club meet? Do they do any activities or regular meetups? 
Yeah, we have bi-monthly meetings at the uh, Hub of Docklands. We have an upcoming AGM in July, which is also about the beginnings of Doctor Who as well. And we recently just had our uh, 40th anniversary, so we had a uh, boat cruise on the uh, Yarra. Amazing way to celebrate. And for those who are listening who are Doctor Who fans and they want to become a member of the Doctor Who fan club, where's the best way to find out more information? Yeah, we're on uh, social media, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, our website www.dwcv.org.au. You can find all your information to join the club and hopefully uh, come along to a meeting. Fantastic. And before we go, I have to ask, you're donning the 10th Doctor today in the brown pinstripe suit looks very good but who is your favorite doctor well he was here uh, actually uh two years ago at Oz comic con that was sylvester mccoy without whom i got addicted to doctor who on the abc on the afternoon show with james valentine amazing i definitely have fond memories of mccoy as well along with sophie aldred as ace and it's definitely a bit of a golden year of the classic series but philip thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us and enjoy the rest of today Thank you, and um, all the best. <laughs> Thank you. The time is now quarter to two in the afternoon. It's been an absolutely overwhelming day for me. Just so many people, such huge crowds, and they just seem to keep coming in the convention centre. Marcy, this is your first con. What are your thoughts so far? There's a whole lot of cosplays. It's like some I kind of recognize, some that I think are people's own original characters, and some that I would never expect, such as Miss Frizzle. Yes, and it really fills you with delight when you recognize these characters, especially the really niche ones, because you say to yourself, hey, I'm smart, I know who this person is. Yeah, like, it's really been testing my knowledge of, like, pop culture and, like, cartoons, comics and other things, and video games as well. Tom, you pointed out Ruby and Sapphire, for instance, and Star and a lot of other fun characters that I'm really glad I got to see here. Yes, all our favourite characters from all our favourite animated shows. Viv, what are some interesting cosplayers or interesting costumes that you've seen so far? So, I think one of my favourites was the Winter Soldier costume. When we went back into the show floor, we also saw this woman dressed up. I don't know what the character was. I think it must have been from The Legend of Zelda or something. And she was using a motorized scooter. And she came in costume with like a blue headdress and everything. And then she'd also dressed up her motorized scooter. So it had like flowers on the front and it looked really beautiful. And speaking of motorized scooters, just before we saw a Ant-Man cosplayer who was referencing the most recent film, Ant-Man and the Wasp, and he was skating along his own truck, which he'd made out of a skateboard. I thought that one was quite amazing. It was, and I think in terms of the realm of cosplay here, there's something for everybody, and you're not going to feel like, for you guys, it's your first time here, and through uh, what you've said, it doesn't feel like you're out of your depth with what you know, because there is going to be someone here cosplaying something in some program that you would have seen at some point in your lifetime. Absolutely. Now, Viv, you had the very special opportunity to sit on the Iron Throne. Yes, I did. So the Iron Throne is from Game of Thrones, for those of you who don't watch. Um, like me. And, <laughs> and me. And me. <laughs> um, 
And so when I found out that the Iron Throne was going to be at Comic-Con, I actually asked my dad, what happens on Game of Thrones? And then dad's going through like all of the characters, like Daenerys and Khal Drogo. And I'm like, okay. Fanning out. (laughs) Totally fanning out. But it was really great to sit on the throne because it's what all the characters are like fighting over. And so I guess I might have beaten someone to it. You've beaten a lot of characters because if you've seen the season finale, spoilers, you'll know that there's no longer an Iron Throne to sit on. So, Marcy, tell us about some of the exhibitors and the groups that are holding stalls at this year's Comic-Con. I noticed that there were several panels that were here. What kind of panels? Like comic books. And then some were more talking about like video games and some were even about how to make the perfect cosplay and what props to use and all that kind of stuff. And I got to see a Pikachu as well. Yes, you got a photo of your very own huge-sized Pikachu cosplayer. And, of course, we will have the photos of that on all our socials. Now, Tom Denham, can you please tell us about some of the fan clubs that are here? There's a fan club for everything, but one fan club that I am personally involved in is the Doctor Who Club of Australia and Victoria, and they are represented here at Oz Comic Con today. They're raising funds for the Starlight Foundation, and you get a photo with the TARDIS, the police box, or a gold coin donation, which is a very good cause. But everybody here, whatever fandom they're representing, is just uber-friendly and uh, uber-approachable. There's uh, Ghostbusters as well. There's a Ghostbusters of Victoria group. I'm pretty sure we saw a Star Wars group as well. And I'm fairly certain, we haven't come across them yet, but there must be some kind of representation of the Marvel and DC universe in there as well. Yeah, you picked up before upon how friendly the whole event has been. I've been blown away by how approachable and how charitable everyone has been, not just in giving away money to charities, but in photo opportunities, in interacting with fans. It's been absolutely marvellous to see. Yes, indeed. That Pikachu, for instance, that has really made my day, actually. The Iron Throne as well. Just, like, having yourself, Tom, and Viv, like, there at the throne. Moments like that truly make an event like this truly magical. Absolutely. Viv, is there anything we've missed that you you think is really awesome about this year's con? One thing I thought was really awesome about this year's Comic-Con was just taking a look at the different vendors that they have here. For example, there were people selling art, there were people selling books, comics, signed photographs, and I don't really collect those things, but it's just so amazing to see like the variety that they have and what's available, because I might see something later and be like, I wouldn't have known you know, I could get that, but now I really like it and I might get it. If you are a collector, you will absolutely love coming to conventions like this one. It's just marvellous. We've got a couple of hours left until we have to leave the convention centre, so is there anything else we're particularly keen on? One of the really true assets of conventions like this is that, as Viv was saying, it's a great opportunity for vendors, and I think one of the best opportunities there is is for emerging artists and writers. A lot of people who do illustrations for comics or make their own zines, it's a great launching pad for them to really get connected with their crowd and people who read or admire their skill and I think any emerging artist or writer in any form whatever that looks like should really enjoy this experience.
We're currently standing here in between the comic book artists and the authors, and it's really good, Viv, to see that it's not just films and television and video games that are being represented, but written literature as well. Yeah, I agree. Isabel Carmody, the author of The Open Newton Chronicles, is here actually doing book signings. I read her books a little while ago, and basically they deal with people with enhanced abilities living in a post-apocalyptic world. A little while ago, I said, well, I never thought I'd actually get to see her, and we've just had a brief chat and hopefully an interview. So, yeah, it's just amazing to sort of, like, see the people who have worked so hard to create the books that you love, and even with the artists here as well, like, it's great to sort of put a face to the work. Absolutely, it is. She's not the only famous author here, Isabel Carmody. We've also got Kylie Chan here at Oz Comic Con, and Tom Denham, you've also spotted a face or name that you're familiar with in the comic book section. Yeah, a good mate of mine who does tremendously well for his artistry is Stuart McKenney, and he does fan art for shows like Supernatural and Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Doctor Who and The Avengers. Shows and icons that are all going to gravitate attention, but he does a really good job of meticulously identifying these characters and these amazing portraits that he does of each character that he decides to illustrate so he does an amazing job there I'm Viv Mitchich and I'm here at Oz Comic Con with Isabel Carmody, who is the author of the Oban Newton Chronicles, among other fabulous books. Thank you. Could you tell me why you decided to come to Oz Comic Con this year and if you've been before? I have been before. I've been a few times before. Actually, a lot of times before. And then there was a hiatus when I think ownership changed. And then I fell out of the loop because you book things so far in advance, you find you don't have space because you booked something else. So I was really happy when I could come back and it was Melbourne Comic Con especially because it's a really strong Comic Con and it's fun. It's always fun to come to. And the costumes are always really good. I missed coming and seeing the costumes. I just love the devotion and the fans put into their costumes. Like over there there's a person that looks to me a lot like a pumpkin wearing fur and pink. And you wouldn't think that would look good but she looks fantastic. And they put so much effort into them. Plus I see my writer friends and I love to catch up with them and uh, other people from the con who come up and would like to meet you, have the chance to meet you. Have you seen any like Elspeth cosplayers? Or? Well, I wasn't advertised. If you're advertised as a main guest, they see it. But uh, if you're, I'm in Artist Alley, so the level of advertising I think is lower, and so people don't know you're there. So a lot of people are coming up to me and say, oh, are you here? Oh, I wish I'd have known. So there's a lot of that going on. Speaking about the Urban Newton Chronicles, I've actually read not all of them, but most of it. Mm-hmm. So what inspired you to write those books and tell the story of Elspeth? I was 14 when I wrote Urban Newton, and, uh, you know, I was lonely. My dad had died in a car crash, drunk driver who killed him had got off scot-free and the world seemed a very dark and unjust place. I didn't get along very well with my mum. I grew up in a really tough area and I guess the world seemed black and dark and like everything I cared about had been destroyed and so it was just struggling to find a way to go on that I started to write. Why I wrote it as a fiction fantasy, science fantasy, I don't know but it's always seemed to me that these things lend themselves better 
to talking about philosophical questions very successfully. So, yeah, that's why I decided to write them the way they, I did. Well, people do say that art imitates life. So I guess in a way you've brought your similar circumstances to oh, yeah. Elspeth with her having to hide her enhanced abilities. And I think, you know, it's true that art mimics life. Like my life as a young woman certainly bled into the books. But it works the other way too because so many people come up to me and say, like a teacher said, I was dyslexic and I started to read because of you. And another girl came up and said, I'm working in environmentalism because I read those books and they made me think this so there's all that feeling of you know there's a conversation between the world and fiction that goes on constantly what is your favorite book that you've written is it hard to pick between them or favorite book that I've written well I can say that I think Metro Wins is the best writing I've ever done I can say that I think that little fur books were so lovely to write. The one I loved writing most was um, Billy Thunder and the Night Gate, just the sheer most fun I had. I don't know why. My animals were in it, and uh, I turned them into creatures to see what they would say, and they said things I didn't expect, and so that was lots of fun too. Everything you do should give you something, and everything I've written has given me something, which means it's special to me too. So you've done a lot of solo writing, so writing by yourself. Would you ever collaborate with another author? And if so, who would it be? I haven't collaborated and I don't want to collaborate. I've written in shared worlds like the Quintara series. I wrote books in that world and that was fun. I had my own autonomy, but I was in that world. So that's interesting. But actually work with someone else? I don't know. I mean, for me, writing is very, very internal and I can't imagine how would you do it without going out instead of in. Just the process wouldn't feel right somehow. Yeah, every author is different. Absolutely, yeah. Some are brilliant. So finally, I just want to discuss being in Artist Alley at Oz Comic Con and like, what's the best part of being in Artist Alley? Well, you get to draw. I'm getting some actual work done. It's also that you see other creators at work and mostly the costumes you see. I just can't help but say that that's what I love the most. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. If you want to read any of Isabel's work, um, where can you find it? In the library. You can get me still in libraries. You can buy it in bookshops and you can join BorrowBox which is an audible book app through your library it doesn't even cost you anything and I will read to you there because I read my own books thank you I'll definitely try and come along to one of your book reading sessions please do thank you It is now 10 to 3, and even though there's still so much more of the convention left, all four of us are absolutely exhausted. Marcy, this was your first ever trip to any convention. What are your thoughts, and would you recommend it to other people? Well, for a start, I felt absolutely fantabulous. I got to meet a lot of new people, and a lot of cosplayers. I think next time I would like to actually have my own cosplay put together or something, and that would be so amazing. If you're any person in the known universe, multiverse, all of that, you should definitely come by this convention building right here. Come down to it. It is super amazing, super marvellous, just absolutely super dandy super. There we are, glowing endorsement. Viv, how does your experience at this year's Comic-Con compare to last year's, bearing in mind you got to interview Isabel Carmody? So, 
I've had the opportunity to actually conduct interviews this year, whereas last year I spent more time presenting and going to panels. So I guess this year I felt more immersed in Comic-Con. Even with the Dominic Sherwood and Alberto Rosende panel, I felt really immersed in that. And it's been an amazing experience this year. And last year was great as well. So yeah, it was really good to see Corinne Nemec's panel and Kenyon Lonsdale and his colleague. Shadow Hunters as well. Yeah, and Catherine McNamara from Shadowhunters. The Shadowhunters fandom in particular is very strong here, both last year and this year. Yeah, I've loved it both years. And Mr. Tom Denham, you have been to more conventions out of anybody else who's attended today. How does this experience compare to the others? Well, Tom, there have been many experiences in my life, but I am glad to say that Oz Comic Con 2019 was a sublimely dandy day. I had a great fun bumping into people I know and had an auspicious time looking at all the various and amazing cosplays and being able to cosplay myself is always fun and adopt the character that you don for the day. But it's been an absolute ride and yeah, I had a lot of fun and it's always good to do it with friends as well. Absolutely it is. As I mentioned at the beginning, this is my first ever convention. I absolutely enjoyed it. Even if you only go once, I recommend that everybody do it because you just meet so many great people, see so many fabulous things, and it's great to see all these people celebrating their love of pop culture and nerd fandom and what have you in such a friendly, hospitable and welcoming environment. So definitely check out Oz Comic Con at least once in your life. You've been listening to Art Smitten Does Oz Comic Con. This podcast featured the voices of Tom Denham, Viv Mitchich, Marcy D. Bartolomeo, and Tom Parry. This podcast was originally aired on Sin 90.7 FM on Sunday the 23rd of June and Sunday the 30th of June. You can listen to Art Smitten live on Wednesday afternoons 4 till 5pm and Sunday afternoons 2 till 4pm podcast has been produced and edited by Tom Parry.